right, good morning, everyone. Good to see everybody here. We had a good time at 9 this morning. We'll have a great time now. So let's stand and sing. Let's go to Open the Eyes of My Heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. Backyard, seeing the playground castle going up, isn't that 
there's a lot of stuff going on there. And I said, we've even noticed there are more people coming into the backyard now and, and using the facilities or using the, the play area and all. So, which is good, you know. This church should be a place where people feel free to come, right? You know, and uh, so that's what we want. All right. Well, this is an old song, and we're going to speed it up a little bit. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. Just a closer walk with me.
If you all get to sit, it's only fair that I do too. <laughs> um, so now we've, I was going to say, uh, Bruce and Debbie, I guess, they're still down in the Lynchburg area, but uh, with, with Debbie's father passing and uh, Anna's getting ready to head to Chicago, so they were taking a little family time down there. And uh, also, I, I don't know if you saw in the email that uh, Nancy Young's mom passed away, Mickey. So be in prayer for them and, and others. There's, so there's lots of things going on. But like I mentioned, the things that happened in the or being built in the playground in the back, you know, like that's going on. Um, you're, you'll see our chandeliers are going to slowly disappear. Um, we're putting recessed lighting in now that the ceiling's been painted and everything. So um, a few things are, are are still happening. We're we're glad that even though we're not back in in full swing, um, things are going. Carpet's been ordered for the sanctuary, so um, we'll we'll be able to get a, a few things done here. So, and when it comes to that, I'm going to be asking for volunteers. <laughs> so it's pretty easy, uh, but but I'll. Anyhow, well, let's open with prayer, um, and and we'll begin. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for. The blessings that you give us, Lord, we thank even thank you through this time that uh, for our country and even for the world, Lord, has been such a scary time. You have you've just shown your blessings to us in so many ways, Lord. You've given us the ability to reach out uh, to each other through uh, technology, through the internet, through through different methods, but also we've been able to minister to each other, not maybe so much on a large scale, but still to those who need it. And so, Lord, we just thank you for those blessings. Lord, at this time, we just ask that uh, your spirit just, just lead our, our hearts and our minds as, as I share what you've, you've put on my heart for this week. Lord, I just know it's, it's your words that, that make a difference, not mine. So at this time, Lord, we just ask for you to lead us through what you, you have in store for us. We thank you for all that you've blessed us with. And we thank you so much for Jesus who died for it. So in his name I pray. Amen. Well, I've titled, I guess, I've titled this uh, Staying Sane in a Crazy World. <laughs> Do we live in a crazy world? <laughs> Isn't it? Said so, Sometimes crazy can be a little fun, <laughs> but most of the time crazy is you kind of worry about what's going on. Um, but... I want to read something that you all are familiar with, um, and and then, I, you know, this this passage it's it's about the armor of God. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert and all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Even back then, it was a crazy world. You know, since Adam and Eve first sinned, it has been a crazy world. It went... Uh, downhill from there, as, as, as we could say. But in, in reading that, and, and like I said, we're all very familiar with that. And, and many of you all know uh, my background after, after I got out of the military. I worked for the YMCA for, for many years. And uh, the original YMCA symbol, now if, if you notice their logo is, shows this Y, but then the other part of it is a triangle. The original symbol was a triangle, and in that it had spirit, or body, mind, and spirit. And understanding that we as human beings, as, as physical beings, are made up of three, three components. We have a physical body. We have a brain, which gives us intellect. And then we also have a spirit. Um, in Genesis 2, in verse 7, it says... Then the Lord God formed formed man from the dust of the ground. If you look at that word formed in the original Hebrew, it means to mold, to fashion, to squeeze into shape, just as a potter would. Now, when God created the heavens and the earth... You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And what happened? God said, let there be light. And there was. You know, and he spoke so many things into existence. But the Bible says he formed man. That was a hands-on process. It wasn't just speak and make it so. It was... And has anyone ever done pottery? You ever watched pottery? It's like, oh, pottery's fun. But what do you do? You get that piece of clay, and then you kind of work it. And then what do you do? You take it and you slam it down on that table, you know, to get it to stick and everything. And then you start squeezing it into shape. Or even if you're just making a model or something, it's like it's all this pinching and squeezing and cutting and everything that it takes to form and to shape something. And the Bible tells us that's exactly what God did to our physical body is he formed it. He didn't speak it into existence. He took 
the earth and and, and formed it. Because it says in um, verse uh, 19, Out of the ground the Lord formed the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was his name. So with that physical body and that form, you know, it, he he was given intellect as well. Um, and we can see through these how God created the physical world. But the second part of Genesis 2-7 says, And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So before, he was physical, he had those attributes, but then when the breath of life came into him, that's when he truly began to live. Now, when we think of our physical form, um, God gave us also the ability to manipulate our physical form, doesn't he? I mean, if you, you know, most of us, you know, a lot of us, if, if, if we want to get in better shape, what do we got to do? We got to do something. <laughs> if you want better cardiovascular health, you've got to get out and start walking or running or whatever. You know, if, uh, you know, my son is wanting to get buff, it's like he's lifting weights. Okay, that's how it works. So we do have the ability to mold and shape our physical body um, and to maintain it and to discipline it. And that's when it gets a little bit harder. It's kind of fun to, you know, do things and get in better shape and, you know, you feel good about it. But when it comes to the really hard part of disciplining our bodies, that's when it gets, that's when it gets not so much fun. So have you ever been in pain? Yeah. <laughs> do we think clearly when we're in pain? Not really. When you're really, really tired, do you think clearly? No. <laughs> or if you're really hungry, do you think clearly? You know, what is it most people say? You know, that's when I get hangry, you know, hungry and angry at the same time. Um, but if, if we look at these three components that God has made us in, the, the physical body, Jesus gave us you know, and, and there are many examples we, we see that Jesus went through. But one of the things that we've practiced here at the church is, is fasting. And Matthew 4, uh, verses 1 through 11, <clears throat> it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. I would have been hungry after 40 hours, much less 40 days and 40 nights. But it's interesting that the Bible points out he then became hungry. Because right at this point was when, and it says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. 
Again, Jesus answered and said, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Now, I would say a physical body, after fasting 40 days, would probably be in one of its weakest states, wouldn't you? That, That would be... That would be, you know, pretty much the, the the limit to most human beings. And and I'm not saying in order to be spiritual you have to fast, um, but I am saying in order to be able to withstand the temptations that do come at us, we do have to be disciplined. Fasting is one discipline, and it is, what is fasting initially? In the physical realm, it is depriving yourself of something that you like. How many people like to eat? We need to eat, and some of it tastes really good, (laughs) and we like more of that than we do the other. So, you know, that is one thing, but there are many things in life that we like. We really like it, and we don't want to give it up. And, you know, it, it can be in, in the form of, you know, certain addictions, certain other things, you know, just, you know, bad habits, whatever. But it's, it's a matter of discipline. Um, you know, Jesus showed us that he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to go to the cross. And he knew how horrific that was going to be. And it... I believe he was training himself to be prepared for that. Um, and if we look at when he's brought before Pilate and everything, you know, he's being beaten, you know, all of these things. And he withstood all that, you know, and and how he just would calmly answer, you know, when Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? He said, that's who you say I am. It's like he, he, he didn't get angry. He didn't, you know, lose his, his temper or anything. Even though he'd been beaten, you know, even though he was going to be crucified, he had taken taken the time to make sure he physically was disciplined to be able to handle that. Now. Along with that, that gave him that clarity of mind of the intellect so that when he was tempted, you know, and and Satan will a lot of times, and and I'm sure you've heard it. I mean, you know, we we hear it how, you know, well, if God's love, then, you know, he doesn't want anything bad to happen. And, you know, they'll take scripture and twist it to go, well, you know, if you're the son of God, you can make this, you know, turn this into bread. Jesus said, yeah, but I don't have to have bread. You know, it's like you're just trying to tempt me or, you know, jump off here. The scripture says he'll bear you up. Well, that wasn't the intent. You know, Jesus said, 
And we don't tempt God. We don't tempt him. So those things, he was able to come back at the temptation because he was, with a, he was able to withstand it. And he had the clarity of mind to be able to do that as well. Um, if we are in pain, if we're tired, if we're exhausted, you know, if we're we're hungry, we tend not to think clearly, and we have to make sure that we can, right? I mean, mo- mo- most of us have experienced that in one form or fashion. Um, the next part of what we need to do is training our mind. Um, if we watch the news today or yesterday or tomorrow, um, how much positive stuff have you seen on the news lately? I've seen, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, it's like, what have I seen that really was positive on the news? Um, it's every, everything about, um, you know, what's happening in politics or what's happening in our climate or, you know, what, what, what's happening with racial injustice, what's happening with the virus and all of these things that we're being bombarded with a whole lot of negative messages, aren't we? You know, everything that we should be afraid of, everything that we should be fighting for, everything that we, you know, all of these things. um, We have to be able to control that. We have to be able to control what goes into our mind. If we can can control what goes in our body, we also need to control what goes in our mind. Um, Now, Jesus shows us that also, but... Has it ever crossed your mind when Jesus is used as the example and there's that little part of your brain that goes, yeah, but that was Jesus. He was the son of God. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not that good, <laughs> right? There have been times that, you know, we go, well, you know. So for this next one, I'll, I'll use Paul. And we know he was very human, right? Um, he, was, he, he was a child of God, but he was not. He was not God. He was not Jesus. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Paul understands what it takes to be under stress. Because he says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul was reminding us what we need to stay focused on. Because we will absolutely be bombarded with all kinds of negative everything. I mean... It's it's like I said. It's in the news. It's around us everywhere. You go to work. You know. Uh, you know the. How many times have you know some of you gone into work and the first thing that hits you is like I need to talk to you about something. We've got a problem. <laughs> it's like you go all right. <laughs> Our problems going to come every day. They will. And we need to deal with them. But dealing with them doesn't mean that we have to dwell on them. I read an article, uh, it, it's been 
a few years ago, but I, f I found it interesting that it said that 87% of the things that people stress, worry over, they have no control over. 87%. That only leaves 13% of what goes through your mind that kind of gets you a little anxious and everything. You can do anything about. The rest of it is okay. You know, there's this thought that passed through your head, but let it keep moving. Because if you let it sit there and fester, then you're going to get yourself wound up and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. You know, we see that in social media that so many, so many things are being stirred up and, you know, people to get angry about. And, and yes, you know, people unjustly being killed is wrong. Hundreds of thousands of babies being killed is wrong. You know, there are a whole lot of things that are wrong. Okay. Can you and will you, are you willing to do something about it? At that point, then you, it, it, it's worth your time. But, you know, if, if all you're going to do is just talk about it and, and let it fester, that's not good. Because Paul's telling us here, he, he's reminding us of the traits of God. Because think about this. All the attributes, God is true. Think on things that are true. God is honorable. He's always right. God is pure, lovely, of good repute, and he's the only one worthy of praise. Isn't he? Um, all of those things, if we focus on that, if you focus on absolute truth, you can't help but end up with God. If you focus on absolute purity, absolute love, you can't help but end up with God. Because... That's who God is. Everything that is perfect and pure and lovely and holy and honorable. That's who God is. Well, if, if we can control our body, if we can control how we think, and these things are not easy, are they? <laughs> it's not. But but we you know it, it's a constant struggle, but and and really the last one here is our spirit, and and what how what you know how, how do we do this? The real battle is is the spiritual one because you know we read you know we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, the powers of darkness. You know, it's a spiritual battle that we're truly in. Our physical and, and emotional, intellectual side of it, you know, that's just part that we have to deal with. In Matthew 26, um, verses 36 through 40, it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Now, we'll stop right there. He went into the garden with who? His disciples. He had a group of people with him. Notice that. It says, And then he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He had his group of friends with him. And then it seems like there were three that he may have been particularly close to, that inner circle, 
that he shared because he says he it says he said to them my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death he had an inner circle of friends that he could talk to if you've ever been depressed or you know stressed or whatever what is our human fleshly reaction many times? We try and seclude ourselves. We'll lock ourselves in a room. We'll go off somewhere all by ourselves. And we'll see later that Jesus did go off. But first and foremost, he had his disciples around him. And then he had a select few that he could talk to. Because too many times when you ask somebody, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. What's the matter? Nothing. They don't talk. It's like there needs to be someone that they, they can talk to or that you can talk to. Um, then in verse 39, it says, And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father... If it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. At that point, we see where Jesus had kept his friends around him. He had a select few, but ultimately, what did he have to do? He had to, he had to pray. He had to go to the Father. He had to go to the source. And in the spiritual battle... God is the source. He is the one that we must communicate with. And as it tells us here, now Jesus, who was in flesh God, God's son, it says, and he fell on his face and prayed. Now, right before that, you know, he said, my soul is grieved to the point of death. I have to think that Jesus was probably emotionally, physically, you know, at the lowest point that he could be, you know, and he hasn't faltered, you know, but what is his request? God, if this, if this cannot happen this way, I'm okay with that, right? If this cup can pass from me. Because he knew what was coming. He knew the physical torture, the emotional torture that he was going to be subjected to. And he was in the same type of physical body that you and I are sitting in right now. It, can feel, it could feel the same pain of that whip that tore his flesh, of those spikes that went through his hands and feet. The spear that was thrust in his side. He could feel all of that just like you and I could. And he knew that was coming. Absolutely knew it. Um, but he recognized that it wasn't a physical battle that he was in. That it was a spiritual, emotional battle and praise God he was fighting for your and my soul Amen. wasn't he Amen. he 
was willing to do anything that it took to make sure that we could be with him, no matter how bad it was. And, you know, even talking to God the Father, he said, if we can do this another way, that'd be fine. But not my will, your will be done. He knew the price that had to be paid. Um, And, you know, how many times in our prayers do we tell God how to fix the problem, right? (laughs) Isn't that true so many times? And and, and I found even in my own life, it's like there have been so many times that it's like, Lord, if you will just do this, then everything will be all right. And it doesn't seem to work so much that way. And it's not until I get to the point where I go, okay, Lord, I need you to fix this. I don't know how you're going to fix it, but I need you to fix it. So fix it however you need to. And when when we can get to that point, that's when problems do get solved. You know, maybe not the way we thought they should be done. It may not always be you know the the pleasant way, but it will be the right way. It will be the way that will actually solve uh, the problem and and be in God's will. Um, so if we look at ourselves. Simply, and I I like to break things down simply. You know, if I'm going to fix something, it's like, what's the easiest way to do this, the best way to do it? Um, but if we're to stay sane and thrive in this world that we live in, which, honestly, since Adam and Eve sinned, this has been a crazy world, right? We're just We're just experiencing it where we are right now. But... 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 200 years ago, whatever. There have there has been persecution. I mean, back in Jesus' time, it was not a good thing to be a Jew. Jews were not, and, and the Hebrew people all throughout history, through the Holocaust and everything, it hasn't been a good time for them pretty much any time in history, has it? No, has not. Um... So we, we just have to look at that. We're, we're very blessed to live in the country that we live in. And, yeah, we get a little uncomfortable. It's like it's not my favorite thing to wear a mask or, you know, do anything like that. But, okay, this is the day that we live in. This is, this is what we do. But to stay sane in a crazy world, first and foremost, you know, we, we have to discipline our body, take care of our bodies, you know. Whether it's we get enough sleep, we, we, we try and stay as healthy as we can. You know, as we get older, that gets a little more difficult. But, but, but still, you know, our physical body is part of what we're made up of. Is it not? You know, some, too many times people tend to ignore that. And it's like, well, well, God, God will take care of that. It's like, well, he gave you the ability to do something with it. Um, the second thing is is our mind. There again, we have control over that. You know, it was it last Sunday? Bruce, you know, said how Charles Spurgeon said is like, I can't stop a bird from flying over my head, but I can stop it from making a nest in my air, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, there there are things that we are going to see and and are going to come into our lives that we have to deal with. And okay, deal with it and move on. Don't dwell on it and just keep going after it again and again because 
you either deal with it and move on or you move on because if it's not something that you can control, you don't have a choice. And when those rough times come, you need to have friends. You need to have people that you can call on and say, hey, can you pray with me about this? You know, you need to have someone that you can talk to and say, my soul is grieved. I'm struggling. I need help. Can you pray with me? We do need that. And and that is part of our intellectual, emotional uh, makeup that, that we need. And finally, for our spirit, we have to communicate with God. We have to pray. And we have to do it humbly. We have to go before him. And we have to listen to him. And I see two ways that we can listen to him. Number one is read your Bible. We're, taught, we're, we're told that. That is God's word. That is God breathed to us. But also we can listen to the spirit. And there, there have been many times that I have started thinking about someone and for some reason I'm just, I, they keep coming to my mind and then I'll give them a call and I find out yeah I was, I was they were having a bad day you know something it's like if you are a Christian is the Holy Spirit living in you? absolutely the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity of God There, there is power in the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you. We're told that when we pray, you know, that there are times that the Spirit tells God things that we can't even verbalize if we're, if we're in the right spirit. And I'm, I'm not going off on speaking in tongues or anything. I'm just saying we have a, a spirit that can communicate to God with us as well and can communicate to us. And But we have to be willing to listen. We have to, to do that. But but also there are so many times when we ask God about a situation we're in. And, and I know for me, it's like after a while, it's like then a scripture will pop up. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. God goes, I already answered that. It's been a few thousand years ago that I answered it. But I've already answered that question. Um, and, and, and we can do that. But, but keeping our body, our mind, and our soul in sync with God, disciplined, taken care of. That's what we we have to do. That you know that that's that's part of our life. Only then will we have that peace that passes all understanding, and and that we will truly be able to live in a crazy world and stay sane, right? Okay, well let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for. All you've done for us, Lord, we just thank you for your son, Jesus, who, who gave us the example of what we need to, to do, how we need to, how we need to um, discipline ourselves in, in, in many ways, but of the ways that we just spoke of. Lord, we just thank you so much that um, he came and he endured so much for us that we're, one day we'll be able to be with you in heaven. So Lord, we just thank you for your spirit being here with us. You know, your your word says where two or more are gathered, you are here. So we thank you for your presence today and 
And again, I thank you for Jesus who sacrificed himself for us. It's in his name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, if you all want to stand, we'll end with one more song. And then you can go out into this crazy world.
sing your praise within your house forever. Within your house forever. Brother Harry, would you close this, please? Amen. All right. Y'all have a good week.